CCR number 104 for March 24th, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio was brought to you by the Panthers Outlaw Forum, the place for uncensored, no-holds-barred Carolina Panthers discussion. If you're ready for an honest discussion of your Carolina Panthers, visit the Panthers Outlaw Forum at sillyangel.proboards.com. I'm ready to go, baby. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission, though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake DeLong's going, Steve Smith, left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby! Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, Darren Gant of the Charlotte Observer and Rock Hill Herald joins us to discuss the events of the offseason. And Nick Yeoman is back to provide the fans' perspective. Now, bubble your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Despite having made a free agent visit to Seattle, Tyler Brayton has signed a new three-year deal with the Panthers. The terms of the deal were not disclosed. Brayton represents the only starter from the team's defensive line who will return next season. Now, losses from the team's roster in 2009 have netted them some additional draft picks in this year's draft. Due to the losses of Jeff Hangartner, Franco Miali, and Mark Jones, the league has awarded Carolina two selections in the sixth round, numbers 202 and 204 overall, as well as a seventh rounder, which will come at 249 overall. One more former Panther has found himself new employment. Landon Johnson has been signed by the Detroit Lions. The deal was for one year. NFL owners held their annual meeting this week in Orlando, Florida, with talk of a potential lockout due to the lack of a new collective bargaining agreement drawing most of the early interest. It seems that the owners sparked a debate by passing a new rule change. The sudden-death overtime rules have been amended for the playoffs. Teams voted 28-4 to in favor of the new rules, which simply stated are like this. Starting next year, if a team wins the coin toss and then kicks a field goal, the other team gets the ball. If the game becomes tied again after that next series, will play will continue under the current sudden-death rules. Should the team winning the toss immediately score a touchdown, well then the game is over. As the news comes in, we promise we'll keep you posted. It's time once again for the Panther Preview. No, we don't know why we still call it that, we just do. And still with us... As he has been every week during the season, it is Mr. Nick Yeoman. Yeoman. Uh, That's right, John. Still with you. Not going anywhere. You can't get rid of me, even if you wanted to. Did you hear? I mean, I know there's not a lot of news, but um, I caught wind of it was a little story. Uh, I happened to. I just sort of turned on the TV the other day and happened to catch the story. I mean, is there something going on with Tiger Woods? I mean, is that? Yeah, it, I, I, 
I guess I, I don't know. I guess he's been sleeping around. I, I don't oh. know. I guess he's, he's going to come. He's going to play at the Masters. I don't know. I, I guess it's, it's been going on. I guess the guy's a pretty big, pretty big figure, and, and, and you know, you mix in the Tiger Woods, and I guess there's this healthcare business that's going on. I guess football kind of takes a backseat for a week. Yeah, yeah. March, March. There's basketball. There's Tiger Woods. There's C-SPAN. I actually watched C-SPAN on Sunday night. I never thought I'd do that, but. We did get a little bit of news. The Panthers have made a few a few spots in the newspaper. Uh, you know, they pushed aside a few stories. The first story was that they actually made a deal with someone that they released a couple of weeks back. They brought in 25% of last year's starting defensive line on a three-year deal. Tyler Brayton is still a Carolina Panther. I think this was a incredible, fantastic move by the organization. I mean, Tyler Brayton, I think there's plenty of tread left on the tires for him to bring a, give him, give him a three-year deal and bring him back. You know, he said it best. I mean, he would have been heartbroken if the team wouldn't have brought him back. So you bring in a, a guy in, you bring him back for leadership. He's not going to give you big numbers. He's never been that type of player. But a young group like this, I mean, they need a veteran out there on the practice field in the locker room. And, uh, and Tyler Brayton, I think, can bring that to this team. 78 starts in his career. That's 24 more than everyone else on the defensive line combined. So this is something that the Panthers needed to do. I know they haven't really made a lot of big splashes, no big free agencies that there are free agents that they went out and signed, but I think this is a big one to bring Tyler Brayton back. You know, it initially looked like he was just going to be another casualty to this youth movement, the, you know, say goodbye to the over 30 crowd. But I think this is a great move, and I think bringing Tyler Brayton back is going to work wonders for this defensive line. It's already a young group, and if you can bring in some experience back, I think it's only going to help. Well, during the 09 offseason, the team didn't lose a lot of key players. There there was the Gross and Peppers thing going on, and we managed to keep both of them around for one more year. But we did lose Handgartner, Omiali, and Mark Jones. And as a result, during this offseason, in this league year, we got compensated by the league with two picks in the sixth and one pick in the seventh. So at least we picked up three late round draft picks so we picked up a little bit there and maybe we can bring in a few role players so lucky us right yeah no that's that's what you hope for that you can just you can find some role players you're not looking for superstars here if you're lucky to get a starter you know two three years down the road that's great but yeah you know with a couple extra uh, compensatory picks you can certainly go out there you can sure up your special teams you can get some depth at some positions maybe you can get someone you can challenge that can uh, play on the defensive line you can find a, a third or fourth wide receiver but yeah you're not going to find anybody flashy there's not going to be any big names there uh, but hey as many draft picks as you can have it certainly helps and then we've got a guy, all of these guys that we had cut, the ones that are not coming back, if they get out there and find a deal like a, well, like Jake did, or maybe this week, like another guy that found himself a job, uh, Landon Johnson, well, he went from the litter box to the outhouse, apparently, because he's now in Detroit, so he's found himself other employment. Yeah, and good luck 
to him. I mean, the guy just never lived up to expectations, you know, when he came over from the Panthers after having a pretty stellar career with the Cincinnati Bengals, spent, you know, three, four years there, and just never really could find a spot or a niche in the lineup for the Panthers. And, and now he ends up with the Detroit Lions. You know, I know a lot of the Detroit Lions have been the butt of a lot of jokes, but I'm telling you, John, I, I like what the Lions have done in the offseason so far. I really think they could be a six- or seven-win team. I don't think that's going to be because of Landon Johnson, but uh, good for Landon Johnson laying on the speed, and he may uh, find a uh, place to play there up in Detroit. Yeah, he'd been a tackling machine up in Cincinnati. Let's hope he gets his act together and might even get a chance for more playing time. He was in a real, real crowded house in the linebackers, uh, uh, well, at that position here with the, with the Panthers, so not much chance for him to get on the field there. But one guy that, and I think he has shocked us all, and that's Jerry Richardson. I mean, the guy goes through a heart transplant consider the the situation he was in i mean he he had a grave health situation going on here and it's not been that long ago now not only is he back at work and doing what he does with the organization the man is actually leading the way with the owners during these owners meetings in orlando so the big cat is back yeah, he is, and he's a leader. I mean, you mentioned he's leading the talks, and that's really what Jerry Richardson's all about, and I think that's what the owners need, you know, moving forward to this collective bargaining situation where, you know, you keep hearing time and time again that they're in the beginning process, that they're not making a lot of ground, that there's still a lot of work ahead. And, and Jerry Richardson, the big cat, you just know he's the type that, you know, it, when, the, when the going gets tough, he's going to roll up his sleeves and get to work, and I think that's what the owners need. That's what the, the National Football League needs. You know, all I've read in the last couple of days is that, that, you know, the owners across the league, Roger Goodell, they got so much respect for Jerry Richardson, and it's good to see that uh, the big cat's back at it and handling some NFL business. And I think it's maybe he'll be the one that can uh, can get these owners in shape and, and, and get some progress made towards the, the season for a year from now. And then they had a big rule change, as a matter of fact. They passed the change to the overtime rule. Now it's not quite so sudden when you get to the playoffs. A big change and the odd thing I thought about this was that John Fox speaks up, says, well, I really don't think this is going to pass. I don't really care for the rule. I don't think it's going to pass. And who votes for it? Jerry Richardson. Yeah, quite an interesting, you know, dynamic, dynamic when you look at the owner and the coach. I, I like the overtime change. I think it's better. I don't know if it's perfect, but it is better than, than, uh, than what they had. I mean, a lot of this stemmed off of last this past NFC Championship game, I mean, the Saints got a got a got they won the toss in overtime and, and got a pretty good kickoff return. When you know had a 20-yard drive, kick a field goal, and then you know before you knew it, they were in the Super Bowl. It, it still doesn't eliminate the idea that if you win the toss and you score a touchdown, the other team still doesn't get the chance to get the football. And the other thing is, it is a little confusing. I mean, you know, football diehards like you and, and I, you know, we're going to understand it and how it works and everything in the playoffs, but. You know, for casual football fans like my grandma, she's not going to understand that, okay, if they get a field goal and the other team gets a chance, and if they get a field goal, it goes back to sudden death, and they get a touchdown again. It's just it's a little confusing, and it's not. Uh, it's going to take a little thinking for some NFL fans. But the interesting thing is that, you know what, the chance of having an overtime game in the playoffs, it's, it's not too common, and you never know. I mean, I don't think it would surprise anyone if we don't see this whole new overtime format put into play and actually come into uh, – you know, end up being a factor two or three years from now. So it's a big deal uh, making a rule change, but it's something that we may not have to deal with for a couple of years. Exactly. And and one thing I will have to say, and I'm not, I, I'm not sold on this yet. I'd like to see a game played out that way. 
But after watching so much college football and the way that they handled their overtime rules, seeing games end the way those games end so often, and it's it's these multiple possessions, and one team scores, the other team scores, and they just keep answering each other. There's something about the way the college game is set up. I think if you could bring in that kind of a rule or something, it's anything similar in the NFL, if you're going to change it, I'd prefer that over this. But I guess any improvement is, you know, well, it's an improvement. So I don't know. I I prefer the college rule, but then again, maybe that's best left in college and not used in the NFL. I'm I'm I guess I'm not sold either way. Well, I know. I just think the thing about the college system is that you know what you've got kickers that are nowhere near as accurate as NFL kickers are. You've got offenses that are nowhere as powerful as, as NFL offenses can be. You know, the offenses in the NFL, you know, all the rules are tailored to letting them score. And I just think then you run into situations where, you know, you're playing overtime after overtime, and when you're tired, that's when players get hurt. The NFL season's longer. So I can understand why the NFL would want to stay away from simply copying the college system. But I kind of like what they've done with this new change. It, you know, gives an opportunity in playoff games at least for both teams to have the ball uh, but yeah you gotta love the college the college game and the system they use the drama is just fantastic all right and I gotta ask your opinion on this and I know this really isn't necessarily news I still saw a very very quick article about this I believe on Tuesday well Smitty's now getting into politics um, he has thrown his support behind uh, Jeff Doctor a Democrat running for Congress um, he is now running against 16-year incumbent Sue Myrick, who's a Republican here in the state of North Carolina. And I'm wondering, okay, we know we either love Smitty or hate Smitty. Uh, I think most Panthers fans love him and love the way he plays. We may not necessarily like some of the things that have occurred with him off the field. But, okay, your favorite player, one of, one of your favorite players is getting involved in politics. I mean, how do you feel about it? I mean, they've got the right to do it, yes. But does that in any way change the way you view that player? No, it doesn't, and I don't think many fans. I, I mean, you know, a lot of people are passionate about where you, you know, stand, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, whether you're a red or a blue state. A lot of people care a lot about that. Personally, you know, I put football ahead of things more than I should, and, and I don't care what, what side Steve Smith is, is supporting. I don't care whether he's getting involved in politics or not. I will tell you this, though. Steve Smith has never been, you know, the type of diva like a Chad Johnson or, or, or you know, a Terrell Owens. He's the type of guy that, you know what, he's always been passionate. He's always played with a chip on his shoulder. And you know what, if this, you know, this, this uh, politician that he's supporting has, uh, has some things that Steve Smith really believes in, then I'm sure Steve Smith's all about supporting him because he is so passionate, not only about what he does in the football field, but I think we'll find out in the later years that Steve Smith's probably passionate about a lot of stuff. So, no, I have no problem with that. If Steve Smith wants to get involved with politics, as long as he's still going out there and playing with that fire that we all love to see, I don't have anything wrong with it. There's not much to talk about this week, Nick, and normally I know we take a break and then come back and talk about other stuff. There is no other stuff. I mean, it's March. If you want to talk basketball and about you know, who might make the final four, that's cool, but, you know, being on a Panther show, that may not work so well, but, you know, we're just sort of left hanging now, but if, um, if nothing else, you know, maybe next week, maybe something happens in a seven-day span, and we can come back and talk some more, you know? Hey, that'd be 
great, John. You know, I'm always around whenever you need me. I, uh, I can certainly call in, and, and that's the great thing about free agency. You never know. The Panthers are kind of sneaky about it. You never know when something's going to pop up, when there's going to be news, and you know that if, uh, if there's news out there, we're certainly going to talk about it. Well, Nick, again, we appreciate you being with us on the Big Panther Preview. Hey, thanks, John. It's been great again. And don't forget the newsletter. Get yourself signed up. Go to catcraveradio.com if you're not already there. Look at the top of the page. Click the newsletter link. This form opens. There are only three entries there. Fill it out. We'll get you signed up for the newsletter, and we'll try and get that released to you once every week. Coming up in just a bit, we've got our conversation with Darren Gant. We want to stay in touch with you. Drop us an email at catcraveradio at gmail.com. Again, that's catcraveradio at gmail.com. CCR is coming back in a bit. Are you looking for hard-hitting NFL draft news, mocks, and views on the upcoming 2010 NFL Draft? Further than NFLmocks.com. Get the latest on your favorite prospect, what your favorite team will be doing on draft day, plus the opinions you've come to love at NFL Mocks. With a big board, underclassman list, and draft database, NFLmocks.com is your one-stop shop for anything NFL Draft. Covering the 2010 NFL Draft with class, it's NFLmocks.com, part of the fan-sided network. You are a fan of the Carolina Panthers, so are we. It's time for more CCR. Joining us now is Darren Gant of the Charlotte Observer and the Rock Hill Herald. Darren, welcome back. How you doing, John? Good to talk to you, buddy. And not doing too bad. We have that slow, whatever you call this, the lull, whatever you want to call it. and, and or, or you could call it March. <laughs> just, I mean, it's yeah. been that kind of spring for the Carolina Panthers, and, and and they sort of warned us this was coming, and it's still a little unusual. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of reporters are like a lot of fans. You got conditioned there for a while to expect big things, but you know they've just gone back to their old habit, where or you know old way of doing business is probably a better way of putting it. Just that they're not going to spend a bunch of big money this time of year, so. They, uh, if anybody didn't think they were serious about that youth movement and going young, going cheap, uh, I think their their questions ought to be answered by now. Well, at least we did get 25% of our defensive line back uh, when we signed Tyler Brayton, which I guess was good news, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. It's going to be interesting. One thing, and, and we've got Charles Chandler down at the owners' meetings, uh, down in Orlando, and he's going to ask John Fox about this when he gets a shot at him Wednesday morning. I want to know what the role they envision for Tyler Brayton is, because I think it's it could be very different based on you know what they're expecting out of him coming in. I mean, they made such a big deal out of youth and going with these promising young players. Well, you've got Charles Johnson coming back, and you've got Everett Brown, who you invested this year's first round pick in a year ago. And I'm just wondering, you know, out of those three guys, which two they envision? as the starters, and I think, you know, I think there's very different expectations based on which roles you put those guys in. I mean, I think, you know, Tyler is, he's kind of along the lines of Moussin Muhammad when people talk about him coming back. You know, he's really best for you on first and second down, but if you're trying to get younger and trying to give opportunity to these young players, you got to kind of wonder where he fits in. Well, you mentioned Moose, and he's actually one guy that I wanted to talk about since we're getting younger and and we're going after this youth movement so hard, I mean, do you do you expect them to try and 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 bring Moose back at a reduced salary, or do you think Moose has basically seen his last day in a, in a Panther uniform? 
Well, you know, Moose was fairly defiant about the whole thing when we talked to him last in December about how he was definitely going to play, whether it was here or not. Now, I don't know, you know, the Panthers haven't given any indication that they're really eager to bring him back for another run. I think, you know, when you hear Steve Smith talking about, you know, wanting more weapons, I mean, he likes Moose. He's gotten along with Moose for a long time, but... You know, he knows he needs a younger version of Moose over there on the other side if he's going to ever get freed up. And and I just think, you know, I'm almost wondering with Moose in if we're looking at kind of a Mike Rucker situation. I mean, as, as defiant as he was earlier about wanting to play again, I mean, you step away from this and you start looking at the opportunities that are out there. There are a lot of veteran wide receivers in his boat who are looking for jobs, and nobody's really beating down their door. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, does Moose think about just walking away as a Carolina Panther? I don't know. You know, I don't know what's in his head and wouldn't presume to speak for him. But I just think that uh, there's a lot less demand for his type of player than maybe he anticipated. So he may not have a choice in this deal. Well, after all these moves and dropping so many guys, uh, with Brayton being one of them, and they they actually got him back, even after he made a free agent visit out to Seattle. Right. Do you think any of this was, do you think the team was just trying to let guys go, uh, get out there and let them test the market, and then maybe bring them back cheaper? Um, I think for the most part, the guys they've let walk out the door and the guys, you know, they cut. I think for the most part, those guys are gone. I think Tyler's probably a bit of an exception there. Uh, you know, people wondered about Damian Lewis early on, but I don't know that they're looking to get back in with him unless he's just eager to sign back up the minimum. I think he's going to have an opportunity later because defensive tackle is, is a position, you know, and, and we discussed this in the paper this morning. Defensive tackle is a spot that's pretty picked over. I mean, there there are a lot there are a lot more jobs available than guys to fill them there. Not the case at maybe some other positions Carolina Panthers are looking at. But I, I just think D. Lou's a guy who's going to be able to help somebody. I just don't know that they're looking to to bring him back. And I mean, I think same with all their guys. They they offered Dante Wesley a contract early on, you know, and he's out starting to look around now. Um, just going down the line, Nile Diggs is a guy they've liked for an awful long time. He's been talking to St. Louis and is probably going to end up there. So I just think, for the most part, the ship has sailed on those guys, and they're looking in other directions. Well, I'm going to go back. This is probably a month or two old now, but I, I think with the, the draft now bearing down on us in the next, say, two or three weeks, four weeks, with that coming up so fast, and there was an article that you wrote in the Rock Hill Herald, and that's about the lack of personnel in the team's scouting department, and it looked like they were really scaling back. Is there anybody left over there? I mean, is is there a scouting department even in existence now? Well, well, the college scouting side is intact. I mean, they haven't had any losses over there. Where they're thin right now is on the pro personnel side, and you could kind of laugh that they don't need anybody in pro personnel to do what they've done so far in free agency. So when... Uh, when Trent Kirchner went out to Seattle, he took them from a two-man pro personnel department to one, and the one being the director, Mark Carnes. And Mark's kind of been left to his own devices, I mean, in free agency. he's Mark's a sharp guy and a hard-working guy, and a guy who's done well for him in the past. And they're just not making a lot of moves over there, so I guess it's easy to justify not having any scouts to evaluate free agents if you don't intend to sign any of them. So... From that standpoint, uh, things are a little lean. I think you'll see them add somebody to that department later on 
somebody who's really charged more with advancing games and looking at opponents, you know, that's the other half of the pro personnel department is kind of a advanced scouting function once the season gets going. I think you'll see them add somebody before the start of the season, but I don't think there's an immediate plan to get anybody in here in the next month or so. Well, I was getting ready today to talk to you, and I actually went and made a trip through uh, some of the, the, the tweets out on Twitter, and uh, I was looking at some of the comments people were making about Julius Peppers, and, and I, I think you were one of the ones that had made a comment or two about him. That somehow this doesn't make sense. He, he Peppers seems to be like the little kid from the movie Scrooge. I mean, he didn't talk for years, and then all of a sudden, you know, I guess he meets the... I don't know, the ghost of Christmas future, and, and suddenly just, you know, something snaps and he starts talking. Now he's chatty Cathy. I mean, he's done everything but make it rain up there, buying champagne and passing it around the club. I mean, is he trying to motivate us? Is he just trying to tick people off? I mean, what what in the world has gotten into this guy? I think for whatever reason, and, and Julius' reasons, his reasons are his alone, and trying to explain them would be a, a mistake on my part because, you know, the guy has been so quiet, and he was quiet on purpose, and he kept a distance on purpose the whole time he was here. And, and now, it's like you said, now it's almost like he won't shut up now that he's in Chicago. He's done more interviews in the last three weeks than he's done in the previous eight years. And I, I know that sounds like hyperbole, but it's not. He's just, you know, he's clearly got a strategy that he wants people to hear it from him, from his voice. And he wasn't interested in that here. And he made some comments in the story in the Chicago Tribune the other day about how, you know, everybody's in your business in Charlotte was kind of the theme of the whole thing. And and I think, you know, I've always said, and you and I have talked about this a lot, I think that was pretty high on his list. When, when we all thought New England was the place he wanted to be, I told you that, you know, being surrounded by other stars is something that's really important to Julius because it takes some of the spotlight off of him. And, and he flat out said it the other day. You know, he talked about people parking their jet skis outside his house on the lake and, you know, not being able to go anywhere without everybody being in your business. So I think getting out of Charlotte was as much of his agenda as getting away from the Carolina Panthers. It seems fairly obvious now with everything he's been saying. Well, he's kind of making it sound like Mayberry, which it's not. And, I mean, there, you know, there's that... I, I know there's a, you know, a feeling outside of the, the Deep South about how, you know, how we live and about how we talk, about, you know, about our surroundings... You know, and they may wonder if if we actually read, which we do. But Julius is making it sound like it's this small town, and Charlotte really doesn't have the smallest town atmosphere I've ever seen. And oh, Charlotte can be, and I say this, and I would consider myself a native. I've been living in Charlotte for you know better than fifteen years now, and and growing up in the state of North Carolina, and. Charlotte's what you make of it. I mean, is Charlotte Las Vegas? Is Charlotte New York or L.A.? It's not. I mean, it's not a nightclub town. It's not, you know, guys who want to go out clubbing until 4 in the morning. This is not their place. But, you know, I always laugh and I always give him credit. I think the smartest thing Brinson Buckner may have ever said was when he called Charlotte the married man's paradise. He's, you know, Buck used to always talk about how guys who have that settled lifestyle, who are looking for things like, 
you know, tax rates, school systems, property values, those if that's important to you, Charlotte's a pretty groovy place to be. And, and the Panthers have signed a lot of those guys over the years. I mean, Reggie White and Eugene Robinson were living in Charlotte long before they were Carolina Panthers back in the day. So I, I think that just speaks to kind of the vibe here. And, you know, clearly that's not what Julius is looking for. I mean, he wants to be in a city. The guy goes away to New York when he had free time here. So, you know, I think it's pretty obvious he was looking for a different setting, and, and he's got it. And good for Julius. I mean, everybody should have an opportunity to chase their dreams. And, you know, he had an opportunity this offseason. So, you know, he's made the best of it. It's just kind of interesting after hearing the guy talk about how he didn't want to be a part of the media process for eight years. Now you can't get him out of it. So we'll, we'll see how this holds up in Chicago. But I just think, you know, for whatever reason, Charlotte wasn't his kind of town anymore. And he can drop by Michael Jordan's house up there with the big 2-3 on the gate, which is pretty impressive. Been there and seen it. And, I mean, it was it's a cool place, but, you know. And, and speaking of losing Julius, you know, our big loss, I suppose, in free agency, well, we've not done a lot of shopping. And the no. two guys that we have brought in are special teamers. We did get Brayton re-signed, so are we looking at more like a like a, a bargain basement kind of guy, uh, a Kedrick Vincent type who did come in for two years and looked really good? I mean, what are we looking ahead to now for our own signing of free agents, if any? Well, and again, I think that's kind of what we touched on in the paper this morning. I mean, there's still some opportunity for value buys. I mean, people talk about bargain basement and that kind of thing, and it's got such a negative connotation, but one of the best free agent signings the Carolina Panthers ever made was Mark Fields. And they signed Mark Fields about two or three weeks into that free agent period in 2002 when nobody really wanted him, and they got him fairly cheap. You know, Kedrick was part of the two ton, or the ton of free agent guards they signed a couple years ago, along with Milford Brown and Tony Finati, and they basically signed three guys figuring one of them was going to win a job, and Kedrick was pretty good for them for a couple of years. So, you know, I think there's an opportunity to find some help out there. There are still guys in the market where if you get to August and you look back at an offseason and say, okay, they signed X, Y, and Z, sounds okay. If you look at it on the first day of free agency, you know, or, or over the last two and a half weeks, it doesn't look like much right now. But I still think there's an opportunity for some of those, you know, smart value kind of buys. They're just not going to, you know, they they told us up front they weren't going to be involved at that level. And I suppose a lot of people didn't believe them, even though they should have, because they've gone back to the way they did business, the way they put the Super Bowl team together, the way they put the 05 team together. And then after 05 is when you saw them get out of the mold a little bit and chase chase a Mike Wall, chase a Ken Lucas, chase a Mach A, a Justin Hartwig, a Keyshawn. You know, and that, those were the ones that were out of character rather than what they're doing now, I think. I guess we get upset as fans, and it's easy to do that because you think, well, they didn't sign this guy or that guy. I mean, you didn't get Julius back, and, and you're not spending the big money. I think we all want them to do that, but I agree with you. you know, sometimes going cheaper can, can actually be better, but... We'll see how this plays out. We're still really early in that, and the draft is coming up. So 
Sure. And, and I think, you know, we're getting to that point. I think you're going to see them do some things here in the next couple of weeks just because this is the time frame. I mean, players who aren't signed right now are starting to get a little antsy. They all want to make sure they've got a they've got a chair when the music stops and guys are looking to cut deals. I mean, you know, we mentioned Niall Diggs. He's, out in, he's been out in St. Louis and, you know, he's visited with them and there's a starting job for him in St. Louis if he wants it. You know, guys of that age and that experience just have to wrap their minds around the fact that this is a different market. And some of the opportunities that were there for 30-plus-year-old guys simply aren't there anymore, and they've got to get used to that. The the ones who do, you know, Tyler was probably smart about this thing. I mean, he you know, could have waited out there, but I doubt the money was getting any bigger. And I think when you look at the numbers that are in that contract, which we're working on finding out now, I mean, I think you're going to realize that the demand for Tyler Brayton was a lot different two years ago than it is right now. And just getting to a spot where you're going to make some guaranteed money and what might be the last year of football for a while is probably a good idea. As always, Darren, we appreciate you taking time. I know you're really busy with all the news that's going on with the Panthers now. <laughs> yeah, next time uh, I figured you'd be all over me about Armani Edwards uh, since I had to run up to the homeland the other day to check him out. But uh, we, we got another month to talk draft, so we can talk Armani, Tebow, whatever you like. Yeah, let's don't talk Tebow. Let's don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> let's stay away from that one. That's one we don't want to touch, right? I don't think. But we'll see. Well, Darren, again, as always, we, we do appreciate you being with us and uh, and taking all the time to, to sit down and talk some football with us. Anytime, Doc. Covering your Carolina Panthers like no one else since 2008. This is Cat Crave Radio. <laughs> to be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one 877 4 dad or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Call us and sound off. The number for the CCR hotline is 206 350 9673. We want to make you a part of the show. Call 206 350 9673. Now, back to more Cat Crave Radio. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. I'm getting this feeling a lot of you out there are holding your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions back. You're just not telling us what's on your mind. Well, there's a time and a place for that, and I'd say the time is any time, and the place is right here. All you have to do is call us on the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. You know, the line stays open. We want to hear what you have to say. That's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call us any time. Tell us what you think of the show, the team, what the team is doing or isn't doing. Just call us up at 206-350-9673. It's Minner at the 30, he's to the 20, cuts outside at the 15, Minner to the 10, Minner to the 5, touchdown! It's time now for the Minter View. We are joined now by legendary Carolina Panther, Mike Minter. Mike, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. 
Mike, there's been so much change. I think the last time you and I talked, it was middle of February, and the team has actually started this, what looks like a youth movement. What are your feelings about how they've gone about it, the guys that are gone, and, and the way they're approaching uh, next season? Well, um, John, I think the first thing is is that um, I think every team needs change. Um, every team needs to make um, changes every year. I, I feel like last year we did do that, and, and it hurt us. Um, and so this year that we're doing it, now people are saying, oh, hold up, you're doing too much. <laughs> so I guess in, in, in this uh, profession, man, you can never be um, right um, in this profession. But I, I, I just really believe that it was time to move on from, uh, you know, the players that they let go, even though I love each, and, you know, each one of them guys, played with them for, you know, five, six, seven years, and, and, um, and you know, great competitors. Uh, but you know what, it's a time... Um, when you have to make a decision to go younger, it's a time that younger guys need to step up. And, and actually, you know, when they had their backups in later on in the season, you know, we, we actually started playing better. So I think I think they looked at that and saw that and said, you know what, um, it, this would be a great time to um, go young and, and get the younger guys um, in there. And, and um, we drafted them. We believe in them. Um, let, let's let them play. Something that Coach Fox has actually said a few times. He said this during one of the the press conferences, I believe it was when they were talking about Jake, and that is that you know it's a young man's sport, and we're going to have a lot of much much younger players, especially uh, along the defensive line. Charles Johnson, uh, uh, Everett Brown's going to wind up more than likely starting, or at least seeing a whole lot more playing time. So, especially that defensive line. That's going to be a younger group. I mean, do you do you think those young guys on defense are going to have to? Do you think they will step up their game? Well, you know what, they're going to have to because they're going to be called upon, and you know that's what that's all you can ask for. I can remember when I was a rookie, um, starting six games into the season. Um, you know, people could say, "Hey, too young," um, but you know what, everybody um, steps up and 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 and. Uh, and I feel like these guys showed enough when they was on the football field they can make plays. Are they going to be a Julius Peppers right now? Absolutely not. Um, but what you have to do is you got to give them a chance. And um, that, that's, um, you know, again, the organization's job is to bring in guys that can start within two to three years. And, and now that's what you have. You have Evan Brown is going to be coming in looking at the start. you got Charles Johnson, you know, uh, getting the opportunity to uh, possibly start. Um, you got Braden coming back, which will give you that veteran leadership. And, and so I, I think it's really going to come down to the coaching staff being able to uh, coach these guys on understanding what to do and how to do it. And, and um, you know, I, I feel good about, um, you know, where the, the organization is going right now. Um, but at the same time, it, it, it'll be tough. Um, you're going to see some, some young rookie mistakes, but that's part of the deal. And, uh, you know, once once these guys get in there and get more reps, um, you know, you're going to start to see new superstars um, step up um, in that Carolina blue. And the one guy that is really going to wind up catching most of the heat if anything goes wrong, uh, but... We we know how it is, especially a quarterback, and that's Matt Moore. Even he said recently that, you know, well, he hated to see Jake go, but, yeah, now it looks like this is my team. Do you think Matt is ready? Do you think he's ready to, 
to go through what he is about to experience? You know what? I don't think you ever read. <laughs> he's about to experience something that he's never um, experienced before. But the other thing is, is that you don't need to be ready for that. All you need to do is be able to um, react to what things come your way. You have to know yourself. You have to be comfortable in yourself. And don't try to be nobody else. And so when a situation arises, you know how to deal with it. And um, and, and so to say that I'm, I'm ready for everything that's coming, yeah, you don't, you're not ready because you don't know what's going to come. And, and, and But you have to be ready to be able to respond correctly. That's the key is being able to respond to whatever comes your way, good or bad. Um, and, and, and I think Matt Moore at least has shown um, that he has the capability of playing in the National Football League, winning games in the National Football League. And that's all you can ask for a quarterback. So, you know, the great thing is you got a great offensive line, you have great running backs, and so we're not going to ask you to do too much. Well, one guy that it seems that, and this was a shocker to me, I mean, Musin Muhammad had been the team's uh, player representative with the, the labor union for years uh it seemed i mean when he was here the the first time and then in this last couple of years i mean even the guy comes back from chicago and there he is again as the player rep well we see this interview and and it it winds up in in the papers of course everywhere and uh, we find out that smitty is now the team's new player rep i mean do you think that the fact that they've chosen him as as the man who will represent the team you think that's a sign of his growth and that the players are finally saying you know look smitty uh we believe in you and you know here it is i mean what what do you think this says about smitty oh absolutely it is definitely showing that um you know smitty has been growing um and now have arrived as far as one of the leaders that's on this football team um somebody who cares about other people cares about the issues of the National Football League. And, and you know, when a guy begins to get nominated to go represent the uh, football club, um, you know that um, people respect, um, you know, him a, a, as, a, as a football guy, but also him as a, as a leader. And um, you, you definitely have seen a growth. So this definitely is a, is a strong um, um, picture of, of um, you know, the football team saying, you know what, we believe in you, Steve Smith, to be able to go down and, and uh, vote correctly and, and be a voice um, for the Carolina Panthers. And finally, before we before we close this out, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, something that uh, I know you've mentioned this to me. Uh, we've talked about this before, but uh, if you would just kind of tell everybody that I know there's a new organization that that you're now uh, getting together, something you're involved with. Uh, tell us about what what you're actually doing. Well, John, you know, really, it's it's about um, what I'm calling the foot soldier movement. I am a foot soldier, and basically, what I want to do is ask kids what are they fighting for. I want a million kids saying I'm fighting for my dreams, and I'm not giving up on my dreams because. So many of our youth today is giving up on the fact that they can accomplish whatever they wanted to accomplish. And and, um, and it's because of hope. You know, kids are losing hope in so many different ways. And so many things are beating our kids down. And, and I believe that you've got to start. You have to start with the passion 
that's inside each kid. You start with the passion, you start with the dream, and then you can begin to put these other things in, in line to be able to help um, our youth succeed. Um, so I'm asking of one million youth to come together to be enlisted into the Foot Soldier Army fighting for their dreams. Well, Mike, we we definitely wish you the best of luck with that. I mean, the the youth. I mean, it's you catch them young and teach them, and and I, it sounds like you're really doing. Um, you know, you're doing everybody a great service, and um, I I'm definitely with you on that one. Thank you. Well, Mike, again, we appreciate you being with us, talking some football, and uh, kind of give us an, you know giving us your insights on the team and what they're up to. All right, man. Be good. Till next time. I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. Nick, the show would just not be the same without all of your awesomeness. Check out Nick's Panthers videos on YouTube by searching for Big Nick 2700. My thanks to Darren Gant for taking part in the program this week. Check out Darren's work online and in print in the Charlotte Observer and the Rock Hill Herald. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catgraveradio.com. Click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. Fill out the quick and easy form. It's a done deal. We'll keep you up to date on the show, our guests, basically everything we've got going on, as well as all the team news. Again, go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link, and fill out the form. You'll have yourself subscribed to the newsletter. You know, we've been having a few issues on iTunes. Bear with us. We apologize for the problems. We are working to correct this. And follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. If you follow us, we promise we'll follow you. Feel free anytime to give us a call at 206-350-9673 and leave us a message. That way we can hear your opinions. Call the CCR hotline. Again, the number is 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio a proud member of the Fan-Sided Network. Check out CatCraveRadio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, CatCrave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old name. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina.